Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle. I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at RedtailTalk90. My co-host is Jade. Hello, I'm Jade. You can find me most places on the internet at jadeoxfordrose, and I use they-them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books, one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, today, we are talking about book number 44, The Unexpected, um, which is a bit of a weird one. Uh, its ghostwriter uh, was Lisa Harkrater who also wrote uh, 49 and 51, so we will see her again in the future. Before we get into it, some book-specific content warnings include gun violence, like a lot of gun violence, um, attack on an aircraft, field medicine slash surgery, um, and some questionably racist things. I don't... Uh, I will admit a, a large amount of... Uh, ignorance in this particular area um uh, where, where cassie goes to australia it's very sort of of the period limited portrayal of yeah like there are parts of it that i think are good but then it also kind of like it, it does the same thing that 25 did where like Cassie meets someone who is unsurprised at her being able to morphing because like, ah, well, our spirit ancestors did this thing. And it's like that. I don't know enough to say for mm, sure, but that seems feels unlikely. wrong. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll point it out when we get there. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it is sure an adventure. Definitely a bottle episode, if there ever was one. Mmm. Uh, do you have any thoughts before we get into it? I would if my connect internet connection would stabilize, so I'm not talking over somebody. <laughs> Alrighty, I think it's all looking green. Long way at last. Um... This book for me kind of swings between being very satisfying to read and being very frustrating to read. Mm. There are aspects of it that are incredibly well written. Uh, there's a lot of action sequences in this book. It's very uh, snappy pace-wise. I think it's, while clumsy and falling into tropes, it's portrayal or it's attempt at portraying sort of Cassie being a very, I can't say literal fish out of water in this series, but like <laughs> once again, um, seeing that sort of one of the animorphs out of their element, how they handle it, it falls in outside of its characterization choices, which I will speak at at length because I have thoughts. <laughs> um, it does remain frustrating, and I think we've sort of mentioned this briefly before, that a lot of Cassie books seem to involve her being isolated from the rest of the Animorphs. Ah, uh, yes. And she only mm -hmm. really gets to shine when not with the others. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Yeah. 
And it feels, I don't know whether it's lazy writing or just the way it had wound up being and there was no like particular thought put into the matter because it is an easy way to create drama is to separate a character from the others. Mm-hmm. But when you have somebody that fulfills the role that Cassie often does in the narrative, um, it's just like, oh, well, how do we make the compassionate voice of reason, sorry, voice of compassion and in- empathy interesting by herself when she's not the dissenting voice? Oh, well, we'll just have to isolate her from everybody else mm-hmm. and introduce her to somebody new. And it feels like a disservice to the characters. Like, oh, well, we can't think how to write anything else that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we miss out on some of the character development that some of the others get to have by virtue of these experiences happening around the others. And it's a pity. And I love seeing how resourceful and intelligent Cassie is and her ability to think on her feet and come up with solutions and generally be a competent badass. But it's that whole thing about strong female characters Mm -hmm. and how that's kind of an issue. Yeah. Um, Because it feels like, no offence to the ghostwriter, but so much or every time Cassie gets to see something cool and interesting, she's hand-wringing about something incredibly minor and whether it's an okay thing to do. And I appreciate, like, oh, is this a counterpoint to she's doing violence, so she refuses to do a very small thing that was arguably, quote, wrong, Mm -hmm. because it balances the scales somehow. Mm -hmm. Which could be, if I was feeling charitable, a way to maybe portray a very childlike view of how good and bad works. Right. But it feels frustrating when we know how we've gotten to this point and to have these weird little, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And the book even ends on one, which you highlighted in our document that we'll get to there that just made me just like, why is this here? Mm-hmm. It is it is pointless and and serves no meaning other than apparently to make me angry. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that's why the book is so frustrating for me, um, at least from a characterization point of view. Again, I could do without the whole Cassie meets somebody from an indigenous population and they're totally chill with people that turn into animals. Yeah. They fare better than some instances yeah. of this characterization. Like It feels like the characters we meet are full-fleshed people in their own right and Cassie's just sort of slipping into their life. Yeah. briefly and they get to have their own character beats and be interesting mm-hmm. but it's limited and it does fall back on these contrivances that end up falling into plot holes or not plot holes uh poor like racist tropes and things like that i don't know why my mm. brain said plot holes probably because of falling in there you go <laughs> pitfalls pitfalls that was what I was thinking of, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I recently, I watched the most recent Dead Meat Kill Count, and it was about Prey, the latest Predator movie. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how different that vibe is, and just thinking, see, this is how you do good—a way of like interpreting actual 
like beliefs from very from a specific um American indigenous tribe to mm. interweave with the mythology of your movie franchise. Interesting. Good. Get lots of advisors in and people to help you create a story that engages with that. Yeah. That this ain't this here. but that doesn't happen in Animorphs full stop. This is true. This isn't a singling out of a failure to represent uh, the Aboriginal people of Australia failing. This is once again a book series mm. written in the late 90s, early 2000s, could have really done with a little bit more research and a little bit more consideration. I know sensitivity readers seem like a fairly recent invention, but people have always been out there available to do this sort of work. So... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It is extremely a product of its time. Yeah. Uh, which is not an excuse, but it is an explanation. Yeah. It's more just sort of like an awareness of where this misstep is coming from. Because it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like malice. Yeah. Which is so often true of the mistakes that we feel <laughs> with animals. It's just like they aren't trying to be shitty. It just is a lack. Mm -hmm. <sighs> you right? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Shall we dive in? Yeah, let's. We do, we do like uh, a good bit of action uh, to kick off. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know that we'll be reading a whole lot of this book because it's a lot of action that... Uh... Yeah. I will say, this is a much better portrayal of the Animorphs being in an airport than the last time this happened. <laughs> and uh, I will give a shout out because it does have a reference to one of my favorite bits of Animorphs canon, which is Marco <laughs> cannot drive for shit, yet insists he be the one to drive. <laughs> and um, he's still a better I, driver than Cassie. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, opposable thumbs would help with driving. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, maybe it's one of these instances where a little bit of confidence is helpful, but it was very gratifying to see a return of Marco, <laughs> Marco's attempt or approach to driving, which yeah. feels very yeah. GTA, quite frankly. Just like, mm, mm -hmm. onto the pavements, crashing all the things. But the visual of a gorilla driving a... Uh, baggage truck on the tarmac yeah. of an airport is very good it is it is it's incredible uh it's very benny hill actually now i say that which just ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, peak comedy just blare some yakety actually you could just play yakety sax over the events of this opening scene and for a good while it would work until people started getting seriously hurt yeah 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 uh, so Cassie is flying in Seagull Morph over uh, the tarmac um, of an airport. Um, she is uh, calling out to the others, but they appear to be out of thought speak range um, because she has found what whatever the Animorphs are looking for. We don't find out until a little bit further down what that is, but it turns out to be a piece of a bug fighter. 
um, like wreckage from a bug fighter uh, that the kids cut wind of that is theoretically being transferred to like NASA or something. Um, but obviously the Yerks won't let that happen. So the Animorphs are here to try to ensure that it does happen. Um, it is supposedly supposed to just be a reconnaissance mission. Uh, but of course that is not what happens. Um, Cassie sees this, uh, crate being moved to an armored vehicle by uh, people in like hazmat suits uh, which is fucking hilarious to me um, like it makes total sense based on what I know of like how government does research but also is very funny to me um, as a chemical science officer <laughs> or just generally yeah. as a scientist or just a visual of people in protective gear on the tarmac of an airport. Yeah, just just uh It can be all of these things to be Yeah, it, it is it is all of these things because it, it is a little bit silly um that they're dressed like this for a, pe- a hunk of metal. Um that is It is it's one of those things that because it's where the dramatic irony comes in, because mm-hmm. like it's actually quite common when we think about like alien movies, things like E.T. The scientists are in protective gear because they don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And it's just because we know the kids are like bouncing around off this stuff all the time. <laughs> just like, oh, you worry about nothing. That said, apparently an injury from a piece of bug fighter will give somebody necrosis. So I think it must have been like there were pieces of taxon on it or something, like the taxon that got exploded. That would make more sense. I gotta say, because otherwise it's just like weird yuck metal. Yeah. Which, to be fair, like lead poisoning is bad. I can see how um, a alloy from a different planet could have a really adverse effect on the human body. Mm-hmm. But also, not that quickly. <laughs> Taxon oh. viscera getting into the bloodstream feels like. What a yeah. very upsetting statement to say. <laughs> uh, like, I need to stop saying things that Danielle could file away for dumb kids' future <laughs> usage, frankly. Just like, like the, mm, mi- yes, the microbiome good. of a taxon must be fucking wild. Given that they're always hungry, like how yeah. fast is that a bio we cannot go down this 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 is <laughs> what we need danielle we seriously we need a document of just like weird tangents to explore in future episodes <laughs> once we actually finish the book series of proper witches possible explanations for the hell hunger we'll find another biologist we'll go ham it'll be great be like buzzfeed unsolved but for animorph science just like we know it's bullshit fiction but what if it wasn't? Tune in <laughs> next time. Really vibe with our Escafil Files podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> I've started the document. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Uh, dear listeners, if you think of anything, that's what the channel is for in the Discord server. Yeah. Just just fucking weird spec bio weird. shit. Uh-huh. We love spec bio shit. Um, um. But anyway... <laughs> they're at the airport Cassie's currently away from everybody has spotted the bug. what she assumes is the piece of bug fighter being tr- moved around mm-hmm. uh, and again the others don't seem to be in thought speak range 
uh, the people, so that you have the, the guys in hazmat suits who are moving the actual, uh, like, crate, um, the fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark crate, um, into the, uh, armored vehicle. But you also have these two Marines who appear to be stationed with it, or who are to be guard, who are to be driving the truck, um, but uh, a long black car shows up, uh, which is your hint that it's the Yerks, um, and two people come out. Uh, they claim that they're from the CIA uh, and that they're here to take over the operation and the Marines can stand down. Like, don't fucking worry about it. But the Marines are like, well, you're not our direct superior. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> There's this really great detail uh, because of the perspective Cassie has being in Gullmorph, mm -hmm. just dubs the leader of these controllers as bald spot because obviously that's the part of the person she can mm -hmm. see. And he is just bald spot for the rest yeah. of this, which is very good. Yeah, it's like a slashed shoe in um, that one mm. David book, right? You just, you yeah. get these interesting. Uh, monikers based on their perspective at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the Marines are like, we're not going to leave our post and the bald spot is like, uh, well, you have new orders now. Deal with it. Um, the Marines are like, well, we don't take orders from civilians. I don't actually know if the CIA counts as civilians. No, I don't consider them to do so, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mo another brief divergence, my understanding, if anyone is qualified to carry a firearm as part of their job, I feel like they're not really a civilian anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you become like an officer of the law or state, mm -hmm. thinking like FBI and Central Intelligence mm -hmm. Agency and all like what is it, DEA and all that, like, they wouldn't, i tell you what, they wouldn't consider themselves civilians, I bet, if you told them, like, oh, you're a mm -hmm. civilian, please step away. Yeah. But to a, somebody in one of the military branches, I could see them viewing anyone who isn't a military person as a civilian. Yeah, yeah. Given my understanding of people that work in the various military branches. Mm-hmm. And their attitudes towards people who aren't, especially yeah. if you happen to be a Marine, mm -hmm. who are considered a very obviously elite branch. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the the controller is like, all right, fine, I'm gonna call a Marine Colonel here, um, and Cassie is like, I need a diversion because I can't let this guy make the call, um. Because th they'll just swarm this place with a whole bunch of higher-ranking officers and just take what they want. Um, and so she starts to thought-speak to the Marines um, as if Baldspot is, like, talking behind their back. <laughs> like, straight up, she's like, Marines are wimps. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very, like teenager preteen kind of shit talking but it's very good and this actually mm -hmm. and i think this might be true throughout 
uh, it feels like a very Marco thing to do. Mm-hmm. And throughout this book, because she's cut off from the others, we see Cassie either directly sort of invoke what would Rachel do, what would Jake uh-huh. do, as while simultaneously chastising herself for being the weakling. Any of the others would be better suited to this incorrect. Um, but it's interesting that way she does, without thinking, like, emulate the behaviours of the others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something they all do, but, again, considering how this backfires on her here, <laughs> uh, another reason of why they don't adopt each other's strategies. Yeah, yeah. Not that it works well for Marco most of the time, to be clear. I mean, it did change her problem into a different kind of problem. Yes, one with gunfire. <laughs> Uh, See you so now. The thing that actually gets the Marines to pay attention uh, is she invokes the Air Force. If the Pentagon wanted real men, they'd have called the Air Force, which is fucking beautiful because, like, all of the branches of the military hate all of the other ones. Yeah. Hey, uh, Shrug, when you listen to this episode, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Please give us your insider insight. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my. I mean, it does seem strange to me that it is like Marines that are here, but also no offense, Americans. In the eyes of the a lot of people, the army, and this is true here. To be mm-hmm. clear, when you say like the military, people tend to think of the army first. Unless I suppose you live in an area with a heavy air force presence or naval presence. Yeah, so. Like- the United States, like, army system is so weird. Because you have the Marines, you have the Army, you have the Navy, and you have the Air Force. I'm sorry, the Marines are separate to the Army? Yes. I thought they were a subsection of the Army. No, they're separate. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why do you need that many? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this is just... <laughs> I feel I, I feel like I have been deeply misled because, like, the UK equivalent of the Marines is the SAS. This is my mm-hmm. understanding of it. I am not a military uh, knowledgeable person, but the SAS very much are a branch of the army. Mm-hmm. They're like a the specialist a specialist force within the army. So now I'm just sat here like, huh? Yeah, it's. Technically part of the Navy, but for all intents and purposes, it is a separate core. Like, Congratulations, this is now what I'm looking at instead of the book. This is now <laughs> what I'm doing, because I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Is yeah. the Maritime Land Force Service Branch. Mm-hmm. So if it involves water, you need the yeah. Marines, but not the Navy. What yeah. the actual fuck, America... It's Maritime the- land force, amphibious warfare, expeditionary warfare. America, you are broken. Yeah, they're the amphibious you- ones. They're so the they ones can that go both. from the water to the to land. Yes, this is this is the Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. I get it. It's every buff <laughs> movie guy is a marine. I yeah, sh- just- yeah. Uh, the the marines uh, get a like they they have a perception 
like a public perception mm. of being like the elite force, um, which makes all of the other forces hate them, like more mm. than they hate the other ones. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, there are eight uniformed services of the United States? There are eight? What the fuck? <laughs> Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, Space Force, fuck off. Yeah, the Space Coast Force Guard. I don't... Yeah. yeah, the PHS Commissioned Corps? What the fuck are you? The Public Health Service Commissioned Corps? I'm sorry, this is very strange to me. Okay, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Commissioned Officer Corps. You sound pretty tight. You can stay. (laughs) I cannot get... No, I'm sorry. Every fucking thing I learn about American military stuff just makes me feel more confused. I swear. (sighs) Welcome to Escafel Files, where Jade becomes baffled by learning more about Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the book. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have done this yet again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Cassie gets the fucking Marines riled up, um, but <laughs> apparently they have self-control, so they just kind of seethe silently. Um and the controllers are kind of huddled by the car, talking. One of them is taking out his cell phone in order to call these others. Um, Cassie is panicking because she doesn't know what to do, and none of the others are answering her. Yeah, she um, figures they're going to be calling for reinforcements because yes. the Marines aren't letting them. And she's trying to avoid people getting hurt, the yeah. situation becoming more dangerous than it currently already is. Mm-hmm. Um We'll give props to her approach being to shit on the head of Bald Spot, including on his yeah. phone. Yep. Very good. Regardless of how delicately she describes it, I'm not going to be <sighs> delicate. I do appreciate this controller immediately looking up and hissing and a light at this seagull. Like, <laughs> imagine any time you accidentally got shat on by a bird, just look and a light. <laughs> just like, mm, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but this does, um, they now start shooting at her. Yep. So. Which uh, uh, actually uh, does what she kind of hurt because the Marines are, that's when the Marines are like, okay, sir, put down the weapon. Because uh, this guy who claims to be CIA is shooting at a seagull, of which <laughs> there are many at the airport, as mm-hmm. has been established. Um. And, yeah, so the the Marines are like, drop your weapons. The CIA guys, CIA guys, are uh, like, uh, nah, and aim their guns at the Marines. And it just, it turns into a firefight. Um, just a big, chaotic firefight. Um, and then a baggage cart comes roaring down the tarmac, uh, and uh, ricocheting off a cargo bin, careening yep. around a food service yep. uh, truck and skidding to a stop between the Marines and the controllers. So good job there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a grizzly bear erupts out from, weirdly enough, the rubble, which is an odd choice of phrase considering it it's a pile of luggage. Um, yep. But hey, the others are here. Yes. Um. Axe is in Cheetah Morph because they don't want to 
have an alien show up on the internet somewhere. Um, Solid instinct. Um, mm-hmm. But I do imagine the baggage truck full of live zoo animals isn't exactly going to be unnewsworthy. Yeah. But, but I suppose less... the Yerks, the, only the Yerks would know to think handle, yeah. I, I suppose. Yeah. Everybody else would just be and like, ch- well, that's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. A cheetah, to be fair, is less incons- more inconspicuous than an Andalite. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, but yeah, a, a, it's a brawl. Um, there's a lot of fighting, a lot of gunfire. Um, it is chaotic. Uh, and in the middle of this chaos, we get the the explanation of, hey, my name is Cassie, and uh, I can morph, and it's weird. <laughs> I do like um, the choice to have it further in than usual. Our, mm-hmm. uh, like, we're into chapter two, and yeah. uh, being in media res is not a new thing for the opening chapter, but having that delay... I think it actually makes a quite very strong opener. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a way it to get really... the reader very hooked in before, yes. like, yes, it adds to the the pace. Mm. Um. Uh, but yeah, chaotic fight. Everything is going weird. Um, and uh, at first they manage to kind of fight off the CIA guys, um, which is great. But then a whole bunch of men in black with automatic rifles start firing at them from the roof, um, which turns a very bad situation into a fucking terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, uh, Jake calls for a retreat because they cannot win this at all. There's no way. Um, and... So Axe points out an exit, and they start to head that way. Um, Cassie hangs back um, because the two Marines who are caught in all of this crossfire, um, one of them is injured and has crawled toward the armored truck, and the other one is crouched behind some landing gear for the plane, still firing at the enemy. Because one Marine is gonna defeat all of these guys, I guess. Um, and the the Yerks are like, alright, the Visser's getting impatient, we need to just kill these people um, and move on with our lives. And Cassie can't deal with that. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't want to be, what in her mind, responsible for these Marines' deaths. We've talked um, before about how there is a certain kind of, and this is, to be fair, it's on the writers, I'm not, this is not a condemnation of the character, but blaming yourself for everything that goes wrong in and of itself is a form of arrogance, mm-hmm. which I think can be very compelling, and interesting. Yeah. And I do appreciate that this book does call out Cassie's thinking in that way, which was really refreshing to read. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I like that the book made that choice. But Cassie's need to fix what she, and sometimes she is responsible for, don't get me wrong, but that need to fix things mm-hmm. and to make right is part of her, I don't want to say her problem that makes her very cold-blooded, but an excess of compassion, I guess, for human life. Because mm-hmm. she does value life. And I think that's very admirable. But also, these are two military-trained individuals. They're soldiers in their own right. Yep. Who signed up to do a certain thing. I'd feel differently if it was just two random airport workers. Mm-hmm. The fact that they have guns and can fire back. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's... one of many instances in this book where on an intellectual level I can maybe understand where Cassie's line of thinking is, but in the moment, emotionally speaking, I find the choice she's been given very frustrating. And this is an annoyingly common occurrence in this book when there's lots of very interesting, compelling shit going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so with this guilt in mind, she goes for the Marine who's still firing at the Yerks, um, and she tries to talk to him to get him to stop firing and retreat. Um, and at first, the guy looks like he's going to listen to her, but then he kind of shakes it off and he's like, nah, um, fuck that. So instead, she dives for his gun and hits it. Uh, in the process, it definitely seems like, like, her wing came in front of the muzzle, and so when the marine fired, it hit her wing, so she can't fly. Um, and the Yerks are immediately aware, like, ah, yes, that bird is an Andalite, um, because unlike pooping, uh, this is definitely a behavior that a normal seagull would not do. Uh, this this is what I mean. Like, it feels like they have Cassie swinging between really dumb choices and like super intelligent choices, or like mm-hmm. very competent ones. And it's like, why? Yeah. Do they feel like they should be balancing it out to say, oh, she's not perfect. She does make mistakes. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we know. This is just making her look inconsistent Mm -hmm. um, in a way that she isn't. Mm -hmm. We do know that Cassie, when pressured, will panic and make snap choices. We've seen that before. But Cassie getting in the lot. in risk of being shot to help somebody get out of a firefight seem wildly out of character for my tastes. One of the others? Yes. One of the other kids? Absolutely. I could believe it happening. But Cassie isn't massively compared to some of the others, one who throws herself into the line of danger quite so much, is willing mm. to. I yeah. think, but she she's only going to do it if it's necessary, I find. Like, without hesitation, perhaps, but unlike 
Rachel who doesn't necessarily think things through. And this comes up later. Like, people, like, Tobias all the fucking time. <laughs> Kid, stop doing this. It's scary and upsetting. But I don't know. This just feels like a just a dumbass rookie move from someone that does know better. Yeah. I said, that's my take. If you disagree with me, Daniel, if our, if our listeners disagree with me, I'm not going to, like, harbor any sore feelings about it. <laughs> it. Just for me, it just feels like another or one of the first instances of this book where Cassie does something or is written to be doing something that makes me go, was she, though? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like it is an exceedingly dumb maneuver. I don't know what she wanted to get out of this. Because mm. removing the gun from the Marine isn't going to make him safer. Um, mm. The only thing that would make him safer is literally retreating. But he's not necessarily going to do that if a bird steals his gun. Right? Um, yeah. Like, it makes sense to me that she would try something to make him retreat. But this yeah. seems like a particularly... Misguided? Uh, misguided attempt to do that um so she gets shot um and she basically like fumbles her way into or under the baggage cart that marco drove in um and demorphs part of the way she only demorphs enough that she like has arms and can kind of run um where I think she still it's made clear that it's like because she can't be fully human where somebody could see her. Yes. Um she's still much more bird than human. <laughs> the Blair Muppet project, which is <laughs> fantastic line. Great. Do love that. Also um, do want to see the Blair Muppet project. Uh <laughs> if you could make them all Muppets except for one, who would you choose? <laughs> The witch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so she kind of like inches out from the under the baggage cart. She can see that the controllers are storming the plane. Um, and she can see where the maintenance ramp is that all of the others like escaped to. Um, and so she just kind of like tries to book it. Um, it's a very funny image just <laughs> to imagine this, like, weirdly shaped feathery creature just, like, slap, 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 because <laughs> she must have, like, seagull feet. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, seagull feet with human toes. <laughs> so nice. weird. Um, uh, but the controllers right, spot her. Mm -hmm. just a plot a plot hole has occurred to me oh wait mm. I'm just these these scientists putting the like crate with this piece of bug fighter on it is going in the cargo hold of a passenger plane mm -hmm. I don't know uh because because the, unless it's implied that no it's not I don't know either way 
it's weird and this is one of the few instances where I feel like the action through line isn't clear like yeah. we lose there's so much going on we lose track yeah the the specifics of like what this crate is being moved from and where it's being moved to is confusing um it kind of makes sense from a Watsonian point of view because like Cassie can't keep track of that um, but it is frustrating as a reader because you want to know like where everything is um, but yeah so she she just fucking books it the Yurks see her and uh, start to aim for her with their guns. Um, she fucking steals a baggage cart. I think it's a different baggage cart. Um, I think so. But uh, she just, she steals it. <laughs> Is way worse at driving than Marco. Um, but her driving is enough um, that she can kind of start to get a little bit of a lead. Um, on the Yerks. Um, unfortunately, they start immediately chasing her with police cars, which are significantly faster than a baggage cart. Um, but she can go, like, directly underneath the planes, and so she, she's just barely managing. It's very fast and furious. Just barely managing to stay ahead of them. Um, one of one of the cop cars, like, one of the garment bags falls out of the the baggage cart and like blocks the vision of one of the cop cars and it kind of like goes veering off. Um, Yakety sacks music intensifies. Yes. Um, and she's coming up on another uh, plane <clears throat> that appears to be or is seemingly empty because a cleaning crew is leaving it. Um, and so she just kind of like runs directly into the like ramp up to the plane door um just head on collision um brakes would have been easier but the head on collision worked uh so she bolts from the baggage cart goes into the plane uh and hides in the bathroom uh this gives her enough time to demorph and then morph fly. Um, as she's morphing fly, the controllers figure out that the bathroom is where she's hiding and just fire a big spray of bullets into the bathroom. Luckily, she's gotten props. small enough at this point. Mm -hmm. I'll give props to the group of controllers in this book that are trying to catch Cassie. It mm -hmm. gets a little bit like Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner in places, but... There is actually some forethought and some awareness, like, that's an andalite, we'll use gas, they're going to morph something small, a scene mm -hmm. later where they're trying to find her. Like, it's actually pretty smart choices being made. I love mm -hmm. me a competent villain, and it also gives opportunity to show how smart Cassie is also. Yeah. Um, because she's barely one step ahead of them this entire book. Mm -hmm. Um, so she morphs the fly, the Yerks are like, oh, well, well, she's, we can't open the door, um, but she's probably an insect, so we'll, uh, we'll gas it, 
they start to pump gas into the bathroom. Um, she knows that if she stays here, she's dead. So she flies out through one of the bullet holes. Um, the Yerks see her leave and start to chase her um, with both slapping hands and also more gas. Um, she is being affected by the gas as she goes, but she manages to make it to the plane exit and falls out into the day again. Um, and lands in what seems to be a baggage cart. Another baggage cart. Maybe the same one she crashed. Probably not because it continues on its way. Um, she falls into the baggage cart. Uh, she's pretty sure that there's like stuff around her and above her that would block their vision of her. Um, they can't quite see where she went. And she demorphs just enough that the bug spray won't kill her. Um, she has to get big enough that the bug spray won't kill her. Um, and she ends up on a conveyor belt and bur buries herself underneath a golf bag. Um, and like just lands somewhere with a whole bunch of suitcases on top of her. Um, and tries to demorph, but is losing consciousness, uh, and fade to black. That, those are the first five chapters. It doesn't stop once. <laughs> yeah, big, and it don't stop coming, and it don't stop coming, and it don't stop coming yeah, energy in this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cassie wakes up uh, feeling frozen and stiff and very, very thirsty um, and hungry. Uh, but she appears to be fully human, um, which is good because she would hate to be stuck as a weird mutant half, mostly fly part girl thing. Um, but it seems like she was able to demorph completely. Uh, she can feel the humming of the airplane around her. She's in the cargo hold of an airplane. Um, which, of course, is uh, not really pressurized uh, and not uh, really insulated. Uh, so she's freezing cold because they're, you know, 10,000 feet in the air. Um, and... I can't get over it just being described as a buzzing. Yeah. Like, planes are so loud. Mm-hmm. I have noise-canceling headphones on and running from the second I get near a plane. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's a horrible, oppressive noise, and I don't know how anyone could just find it buzzing. Yes, I am autistic AF, but nevertheless. Well, she does say it's a dull, <laughs> relentless droning. Okay, that's a different thing to a buzzing. At least yeah. the book changes it up a little as mm -hmm. it goes along. Eesh. But yes, the being freezing cold, given that she is obviously only in her morphing gear, which is a leotard as well, like, mm -hmm. that's got to fucking suck. And we know that morphing repeatedly takes it out of the kids. 
and we mm-hmm. don't know how much time has passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, enough for the plane to fucking taxi and go through safety checks and take off and yeah. get to altitude. So a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering that things pop off here in relatively quick su- succession after this, probably a long time. Because it's, mm. uh, it's like a 14-hour flight. Um, flight this from... Is, this is further proof that this is LA, though, yeah. that they're setting. Because to fly direct to fucking Sydney. So, like a single flight. Here, 15 hours nonstop. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. It's long. Um, anyway. And this one even longer. Because uh, t- the the eggs can freeze time now or something mm-hmm, similar. Mm-hmm. Tractor beams apparently freeze everything inside. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. It's very weird. Um, That's a contrivance I could live without. Yeah, it, it feels very um, game-breaking. Yeah, like if they had this technology, why are they only using it now in this one instance? Uh-huh. Um. But, uh, yeah, she starts rummaging through the the luggage to try to figure out where she's going to. All of the luggage uh, is marked S-Y-D. Um, this, mm, 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 I hate this. I hate this. I appreciate in the moment not knowing. And also, some airports do have an utterly incomprehensible three-digit code. Mm-hmm. Like... I get it. Like, Washington, D.C. is what IAD or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I get it. But also, SYD and her guess is South Dakota pisses me off. I mean, she later changes it to the South Yemen deserts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Known holiday destination. <laughs> Christ, I, mean, I missed I mean- that. Fucking I'm hell. <laughs> like, I'm definitely willing to give her a pass on this because, one, she's 13. Two, we know that she's not a good student. <laughs> this is true. Geography is hard. And three, she's just, just woken up from being unconscious and is freezing cold and also hungry. <laughs> I'm at SYD, South Dakota? No. Nope. 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 That feels bad. <laughs> I will say because I mean, they had to know it was an international airport they were in. Uh, yeah, like, I appreciate the, domestic flights do fly from international airports. Yeah, don't if, get if me in, wrong, but still, if you're in an airport like LAX, like those planes could be going fucking anywhere. Yeah, like, but why would you think South Dakota is as? I'm sorry. I'm not letting it go. I'm being mean. Listen, as a okay. person who grew hey. up in America and knew fuck all about geography for the vast majority of my youth, like, this makes sense to me. I want to do a round in the pub quiz, which is just airport three letter <laughs> shortening and see how people do. Also, that would be lovely. really funny. Lovely listeners, what do you think SID could stand for, airport-wise? I would love to hear, so I'm not just being an asshole. 
<laughs> well, dear Cassie, <laughs> well, let me let me hear your suggestions for SYD could be. It has to be a place that can reasonably have an airport. Yeah, I mean, like Knoxville's airport is TYS, like because it's the name of the airport is the McGee Tyson Airport. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I will die on this hill. <laughs> I'm not. I just think South Dakota is a dumb guess. South Yemen desert <laughs> is a better guess. I will let that go. Uh, gosh. Um, I'm now looking up airport codes. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> um, we get a little bit of a background now as she's struggling to keep herself warm. Um, about, like, what the whole mission was about. Um, the wreckage was found, um, and Axe found this piece of information in this encrypted top-secret memo that there was this wreckage. Um, was being flown down in a commercial airliner, probably to keep it under wraps. And then transported to a marine base, loaded onto a stealth jet, and flown to NASA. Um, uh, the kids were excited about this because it meant that humans would have proof that the Yerks are here, um, or that someone is here. Uh, but really, it's just wishful thinking on their part. Um, but the Yerks knew about it. Obviously, it was that that's why they were there. Um, uh, and Cassie is uh, feeling very sorry for herself and berating herself. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want to go through the luggage and like steal clothes. Um, because she doesn't want to be a thief. Um, but she hears Marco Marco's voice being like, let's see, Cassie, you pooped on a controller, tossed two Marines into gun battle with evil aliens, probably got them and the armored truck guys captured or killed, and hijacked a baggage cart. Now you're worried about swiping snack crackers? Which is very Marco. Yeah, it's also a touch meaner than Marco would necessarily This is be. true. Like, not, but I think that feels very accurate to the way Cassie would feel, mm -hmm. to be clear. It's like that ever so slight dialing up. Mm -hmm. um, and to be clear, this is one reason how we know that Cassie is tired and hungry because she assumes everybody's going to be mean to her. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate everyone, you're hungry. If you think everyone hates you, you need a nap. And if you <laughs> hate yourself, you need a shower. Or you should at least have one. This yes. shit annoyingly works yep <laughs> I hate how true it is 